Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 125 Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. From this time on and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their own crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with the evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 18. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year of the drought, saying, Go, present yourself to Ahab, I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. The famine was severe in Samaria. Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Now Obadiah revered the Lord greatly. When Jezebel was killing off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets, hid them fifty to a cave, and provided them with bread and water. Then Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and all the wadis. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. Ahab went in one direction by himself, and Obadiah went in another direction by himself. As Obadiah was on the way, Elijah met him. Obadiah recognized him, fell on his face, and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? He answered him, It is I. Go tell your lord that Elijah is here. And he said, How have I sinned that you would hand your servant over to Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom to which my Lord is not sent to seek you. And when, they, and when they would say, He is not here, he would require an oath of the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. But now you say, Go tell your Lord that Elijah is here. As soon as I have gone from you, the, sp- the Spirit of the Lord will carry you I know not where. So when I come and tell Ahab he cannot find you, he will kill me, although I, your servant, have revered the Lord from my youth. Has it not been that has it not been told my Lord that I, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred of the Lord's pro- prophets fifty to a cave and provided them with bread and water? Yet now you say, Go and tell your Lord that Elijah is here. He will surely kill me. Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Finally, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. 
Put on the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against the enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Good morning and welcome to the third Monday of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Imesville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 125, 1 Kings 18, and Ephesians 6. Ephesians reading is one of the kind of central uh, pieces of the martial hermeneutic and you know, the martial language that Paul uses in particular. Um, the... <clears throat> It comes uh, in this letter that has a lot of um, Paul's kind of fully disclosed uh, theology, I guess. So Romans is his uh, major piece, kind of if there's anything to be said about um, you know a Pauline theology, he tries to say it in his letter to the Romans. And... Uh, Many of his other letters are also kind of getting there, but they're also more interested in the particulars of that local community than the the letter to the Romans is. And that part of that is because Rome is much larger than you know Ephesus or Philippi, etc. Um, and in this letter to the Church at Ephesus, he talks about this armor of God. And he's Paul's not a vet. I never spent time in the military. Uh, as a Jew, he would have been exempt from military service, um, <clears throat> ostensibly because of a religious exemption. Uh, but in reality, um, we know through some letters that have been preserved uh, by Roman officials that it was also uh, it also had something to do with their uh, seditious rebellious, violent behavior towards the Romans. So they just didn't want Jews to have weapons. They didn't want to organize them. They didn't want to um, give them the means to, you know, kind of uh, reconstitute the military force they had under David and Joshua. Um, So Paul is reflecting on these elements of military vestments uh, as an outsider. And... um, you may notice there's, you know, the sword comes at the very end, and <clears throat> he's he points out that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So he takes no chances um, in, you know, whether his words might be confused by, you know, with uh, endorsing or condoning violence. Um, Paul is nonviolent. The closest he comes in Romans 13, it's very specific that the um, the governing you know, bodies and authorities and um, people are there um, with full knowledge of God, and um, when they do what they're supposed to, they do what they do is to punish evildoers and to reward those who do right. 
Um, and so if you deviate from that and you punish innocent people or uh, you know something like that, then you're not operating within the bounds of godly authority. But um, <clears throat> Paul is not you know, experience with Roman military. And so he's reflecting on some of these articles as an outsider and borrowing this language of, um, you know, military attire, because for him uh, and for many other Christians at the time, um, the the metaphor uh, or the, you know, the military as a metaphor was helpful because they um, they had just seen the Maccabees um, a generation before, uh, who had almost succeeded in gaining some autonomy from Rome through violent force. Um, and so they, they knew that, you know, that, that flickering light of Hanukkah, which we've now entered, um, could serve as a reminder for some Jews that, <clears throat> you know, maybe we just didn't, you know, maybe if we took what Maccabee, uh, Judas Maccabeus had done, and we just, we haven't, we didn't take it far enough. We have to be, you know, just stronger, more organized, and he uh, doesn't leave room for that. Paul says, look, um, our battle is not against flesh and blood. The weapons are not flesh and blood. The sword is the word of God. And later in Revelation, another author or community uh, makes it clear that um, the sword that proceeds from Jesus' mouth is, you know, that cuts people in half is not you know, a physical sword of steel, but it is, in fact, the truth of uh, uh, that God has to disclose uh, for us. Um, and so he lists off these things, Paul does, um, that he thinks he knows what he's talking about. Um, <clears throat> the, the whole armor is made up of um, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes on your feet to proclaim the gospel, the shield of faith, um, and the helmet of salvation. And so most of these are, um, you know, defensive things: the shield, um, the helmet, the um, the feet, or the you know, the shoes and the belt are more like um, equipping yourself for this spiritual battle against um, forces of evil in in the world. Um, and so the military metaphor is something that Paul never shies from. Other uh, Christians don't either, <clears throat> but there's this there's this undercurrent of uh, belief of of hope in a military victory over Rome. Um, I can't stress enough how how central and how you know well known the story of the Maccabees is for this generation. Um, and some people would have seen it as this utter defeat, um, at, uh, Masada and others would have seen it as like, we just need to take it farther. We just weren't zealous enough. We weren't organized enough, whatever it was. Um, and that sentiment was really strong in Jewish culture at the time. Um, and so a great many of, uh, especially young Jews, um, would have wanted something like a military overthrow or coup uh, by Jews, at least in their own area, maybe not taken all the way to Rome, but certainly like get them out of our, our homeland. Um, and that would have had to have started with the, the temple fortress, Fort Antonia, on the temple grounds. Um, and Paul is aware of this. He also is aware and is interested in converting Gentiles, many of whom were soldiers and civilians and 
or soldiers and um, military families. Um, and in his letter to the, the church in Philippi, makes clear like he doesn't have you know qualms with military service. Um, he talks about the imperial guard and all these other things without any kind of tongue-in-cheek, uh, derogatory kind of you know looking down, condescending on them. And not just because Philippi would have been a wealthy city, but also, you know, we see in Romans 13 and his use of uh, the language and the armor of God here that Paul isn't shy about the use of military metaphors, um, that there's something about the military um, that is problematic, uh, but that isn't the core, that isn't at the core. Uh, he can still talk to military families like in Philippi. Um, and talk to them about the military without necessarily endorsing uh, the the ideology of violence that um, that might have been you know quite operative in the officer ranks or or even lower. Um, and so it's important to be able to to differentiate a you know this analogy or this uh, figurative language he uses um, and how careful he is to be explicit in that. Look, these are not. Roman military weapons. These are uh, weapons for spiritual battle, not against flesh and blood. Um, and I think it's a distinction or a uh, it's a fine line that all too often gets kind of thrown to the wayside for a lot of a lot of people in the church. The only real distinction is between soldier and civilian. That there is no core around which the military might organize, but that the military itself is organized for violence. Um, I don't think that's the case, and I spent six years in the Army, and I, I got out because I was not I was not allowed to deploy without a weapon, despite it being something that we've done several times in our, our nation's history. Um, it cannot be true that the military only serves uh, to do violence um, for a number of reasons I, that I'm I won't get into here, but I think it's a prevalent misconception um, that equates the military with violence. Um, and if violence is bad, and if all the military does violence, then all military members are bad, and that's just not true. Um, not all military soldiers, uh, not all soldiers kill. Uh, not all violence is evil. Uh, and so these distinctions that for us have become so important in the modern world. For an ancient reader, an ancient audience, that that wasn't as much the case. The um, the passions around freedom and autonomy um, are just as as lively and important. Um, but at least for Paul, um, there is no exclusion. You know, you, it's not that you can say, "Well, the military is so far outside the fold that um, they cannot be Christians." Um, indeed. Uh, a centurion, a Roman commander, was the first person um, who was baptized after the Council of Jerusalem that um, did away with the dietary restrictions and circumcision. Um, and so it, it simply doesn't bear um, any scrutiny when we get down into it. Um, and when we accept that there's something more going on with the military, both now and then, um, if we can accept that there's there's something that we're not... In, not quite getting. Um, <clears throat> if we can't do that, we can never fully appreciate a writer like Paul. Uh, and more importantly, we can't fully appreciate what Christ came to do, um, because 
uh, for, for one, Jesus' name is the same as um, uh, the young spy who went into the promised land, saw these massive people and the land that devours its its inhabitants, um, and said, that's, that's fine and dandy, we can do this with God, uh, and who later went on to lead them into the promised land. Uh, under God's command, and did a whole bunch of things that we would call violent, um, and yet uh, this is the the name that Gabriel tells Mary um, that she will give her son. You know, we can say Jesus or Joshua. Like uh, it's probably easier. It's it's inconsistent that we have to uh, that we there's this divorce in our mind um, that these are. A, two different people, but B, like, that the military is so f- devoid of something that we think they need that we um, go out of the way to to write them out of the story of God. A prayer in times of conflict from the Book of Common Prayer. O oh God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us, in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth, to confront one another without hatred or bitterness, and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or anyway. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.